Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Very quickly, Exodus, the 19th chapter. Exodus, chapter 19. Very quickly. In Exodus, the 19th chapter, if you look at verse 3, and Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Here the children of Israel had been released from the bondage, the degradation, and the destitute of slavery in Egypt. And it's now m month number three, which means they have been in the wilderness for two months. Now they come to the wilderness of Sinai, and they're encamped in front of the mountain, Mount Sinai. Then God speaks these words to Moses. And you might ask the question, what, what is God saying to Moses? The same thing that God is saying to Moses about the children of Israel is the same thing God says concerning every one of us. The same thing about every one of us. Did you ever sometimes stop and wonder why? You are the person you are. Why? You were born when you were born. Why? Your descendants, or I should say your ascendants, those that have gone before you, did you ever stop to say, why was my ascendants, my ancestors, why were they, for the most part, and I'm looking at those of you here today, why were they people of African descent? Why was my people even brought to this country from another continent and forced into servitude and, to, and slavery? Did you ever wonder why certain things happened to you in the past? Perhaps you wonder why some things are happening to you right now. What we need to understand that God was in control then and God is still in control now. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about chosen for destiny. Chosen for destiny. There's a lot of things we don't understand that's happened in our life in the past or the present. But the thing I want you to understand is that God has chose you for destiny. God has a destiny for every one of us. And sometimes certain things happen on the path to fulfilling your destiny. Certain things happen, but God uses those things to get you from point A to point B. 
He, get, he uses those things to make you the person you are today. You are chosen for destiny. Now, here Israel was enslaved in Egypt for 430 years. Did you know that? They had actually been in slavery for 430 years. Then God brought them out metaphorically with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. And God brought them, he bore them rather, on eagles' wings and he brought them to himself. In other words, God brought those Israelites, he brought them to a place where they would be in his presence and in his favor. God still bearing us on eagle wings, bringing us to himself, teaching us how to live in his presence, and how to walk and enjoy the favor of the Lord. So the Exodus story, that story of Israel coming out of Egypt, it reminds us of this particular principle, this particular important fact. Your past doesn't have to determine your future. Can I say it again? Your past does not have to to determine your future. Why? Because God has already, he has already predetermined the end before the beginning. So it doesn't matter what happened in the past because God was using it to get us where we are today. It doesn't matter. He has already decided my destiny He's decided your destiny. He's predetermined these things. So we wake up every day and we pray and we believe God and we're, we, we, we enter to a discovery. We're trying to discover the will of God, but God already knows the end. And he knew it bef before the beginning. So the point I'm making is simply this, that it is God that chooses your destiny. You might say, well, why this in my life and not the other that's in somebody else's life? God chooses destiny. God chooses destiny. Now, Israel really didn't fit the script when you really think about it. But God chose them. I want you to think about this. The Israelites had been enslaved for 430 years, but yet God chose them. He chose them for a certain destiny. And he spoke to Moses when they came to Mount Sinai. And he says, you tell these Israelites, you tell them they are special people unto me. Special meaning peculiar, different. They are a peculiar people unto me above all the people of the earth. For the earth is mine. And you tell them that I have destined for them to be a kingdom of priests. I have destined for them to be a holy nation. Now, Israel didn't fit the script. These were a motley group of people, a ragtag group of people, a people that was unsophisticated, untrained, and probably uneducated. They were slave-minded people. But God said about these slave-minded people. He says, I've chosen a destiny for them. And that destiny was to be a treasure unto God, a kingdom 
a priest and a holy nation. So when I look at this, it's clear. It's clear that circumstances doesn't determine your destiny. It's not the circumstance. God is the one that determines your destiny, notwithstanding the bondage, notwithstanding the oppression. God is the one who determines your destiny. Notwithstanding bondage, oppression, whatever it is, closed doors. How many know about closed doors? How many ever had a door closed in your face? That did not change God's destiny for your life. Huh? You can have door after door slammed in your face. But if you believe that God has chosen a destiny for you, you keep going. You can have 99 doors slammed in your face, but if you believe that God has something for you, you keep going, and maybe that 100th door will be that open door. And then you're in the process of fulfilling God's plan and purpose for your life. This is why Paul said to the Romans in Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good. Now, 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 we got to get this now. We quote the scripture, but I want you to hear what Paul is saying. He says, for we know, we know, not believe, but we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, to, in other words, to them who are chosen for destiny. All things work together for good. All things work together for good, whether they bring me pain or pleasure. All things work together for good, whether I deem them as good or evil. All things work together for good, whether I understand it or I don't understand it. All things work together for good, whether I like them or I don't. All things work together for good. Because why? God's already decided. For them that love God. How many love him today? To them who are called according to his purpose. Paul says all things, all things, not some things, but all things work together for good. And that's what happened with Israel. God used slavery. He used bondage, oppression. He used everything that they endured to make it work together for their good. God says, now if you'll just obey my voice. And keep my covenant. What covenant? He was speaking of the Abrahamic covenant. In Genesis chapter 12, God entered a covenant with Abraham. And he said to Abraham that I will bless you above all nations. I will bless you and your name shall be blessed. God says, I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. And through you. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God says, don't forget my covenant. Don't forget my covenant and just obey my voice. I've chosen you for destiny. All things work together for good. I believe this is why Paul said to the Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11, Paul says, in him also we have obtained an inheritance. I, I need you to hear this. We're not going to get an inheritance. We've already obtained it. We have obtained an inheritance. 
being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So even if it's painful, even if you say it's evil, even if you say it's bad, God has taken those things and working them according to the counsel of his will because you've been chosen for destiny. See, we've obtained an inheritance. See, Israel, their inheritance was Canaan land, a land that flows with milk and honey. Our inheritance is eternal life in Christ Jesus. We've obtained that inheritance, and nothing and no one can change that. Nothing and no one. No devil from hell can change God's destiny for your life. You have already obtained this inheritance, and you are predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, all things. You might say, oh, I've made another mistake. I've made a, even a bigger mistake. But God says, I'll take all things, and I'll make them work according to the counsel of my will. Can you say amen? amen. Now, what is destiny? What is destiny? You know, God's destiny is God's plan and purpose for his children. I need you to hear this. Destiny is God's plan and purpose for his children conceive before you were born. Oh, I could have heard a pin drop. God had a plan before you got here. And it's called destiny. Huh? He's conceived a plan for all of us before we were born. There's a plan and a purpose. You might say none of this makes sense, but it makes all the sense in the world to our Heavenly Father. Come on. He says, I've conceived a plan for your life. Your life. Your life. Just think about it. Your little old life. Regardless if you got self-esteem or you're overconfident, God says, I still got a plan and a purpose for your life. And I conceived this purpose before you were born. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. The Lord spoke to the prophet and said, before you were formed in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. I sanctified you to be a prophet unto the nations. What was God saying? God is saying before your father met your mother. I need you to get this. Before your father met your mother, I knew you. Come on. Before you were formed in the womb, God says, I knew you. And before you were actually born, I had already decided a destiny for you. In Jeremiah's case, God ordained for Jeremiah to be a prophet. So what has God ordained for your life? And this is why we have to really bring ourselves into the Lord, humble ourselves into the Lord, and yield to the Lord, surrender, and say, Lord, what is your will for my life? Too many of us are aimless, wandering aimlessly in life trying to figure this thing out. And sometimes we just need to be still because God already got it figured out. 
So God says, before you were born, before your father met your mother, I knew you. And I already ordained a destiny for you, a plan and a purpose for you. Now, you can't change your destiny. I'm sorry. So you might as well, you know, get in agreement with God because you can't change your destiny. Hmm? You can't look back and say, I wish I was born another way. I wish I wasn't this, that, or the other. What, what, whatever demographic you're uncomfortable with about your life, you're wasting your time because you can't change your destiny. But you can accept it or you can reject it. Hear me? You can even abort your destiny. Did you know that? You can abort it. You can decide, I don't want to be what God called me to be. I don't want to do what God called me to do. So you can accept it, reject it, and you can even abort it. Now, these same Israelites, when they're in the wilderness, God spoke to Moses, and he said, send 12 men out to spy the land, a man from every tribe. To see whether the land be good or bad. To see whether it be fruitful or unfruitful. So Moses chose 12 spies from each tribe of the tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel. And they went out and spied the land of Canaan. And they saw that it was a good land. They saw that it was a fruitful land. A land that flowed with milk and honey. They even brought back some of the grapes of the land. The figs and the pomegranates, they brought the fruit of the land back. But 10 of those spies brought back an evil report. 10 of those spies decided that they were going to abort destiny. They came back with an evil report. But Caleb, from the tribe of Judah, Joshua, from the tribe of Ephraim, what does Judah speak of? Praise. What does Ephraim speak of? Double fruitfulness. Caleb and Joshua was the only two of the 12 spies that came back in faith saying, we can take this. We can take the land. We're more than able to take the land. But the 10 of the spies, they brought back an evil report. And here's the report they brought back. We saw giants in the land the sons of Anak, and we were grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in theirs. We can't take that land. Those people are too big and too strong. Forget about what God said. Forget about God's chosen destiny for us. We just can't do it. So they aborted. Those 10 spies that brought back the Hebrew report, they aborted destiny. How's of that? How's of that? You're going to look at giants, and you're going to decide that you were like grasshoppers in their sight. You were like grasshoppers in your own sight, and so were you there. So were you in their sight. We need to see what God is saying to us through this. It's Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. We need to see what God is saying to us through this. Listen to me, beloved. Never. Never let another person determine how you see yourself. 
Never, never let another person determine how you see yourself. You got to believe what God said about you. Then never. So after you make up your mind, I'm no, I don't care what you say, what they say, I'm going to believe what God says about me. Come on. And how's it that? You're going to see yourself as a grasshopper in somebody else's sight, but you don't have their eyes. You only have your eyes. So you don't allow them to decide how you see yourself, and neither should you allow them to see you any other way. If God said you have a destiny, this is what this is the time to lift up your head, square your shoulders, and walk. Here's that word again, and the confidence of the Lord. If God said it. Now, too many of you, you see yourselves as grasshoppers in the sight of other people you're dealing with. Nobody's better than you. They got to put their pants on one leg at a time, male or female. They got to go to the bathroom just like you. So how do you suppose they're better than you? Huh? We got to be delivered from this grasshopper mentality. And we got to believe that God has chosen a destiny for us. The truth be told, you are somebody. Even though Israel was a ragtag group of former slaves, God says, you are somebody. You are a special treasure to me, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation because I've chosen a destiny for you. But you can abort it. Don't abort your destiny. Please try before you die to fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life. Huh? Now, many people have, I'm going to try to wrap this up. Many people have failures in life. You know? You know, I, I failed in the third grade. Most of you don't know that, do you? But that was part of the plan. It wasn't my plan. But God used that, and he turned me around to become a very bright student. I was on the dean's list every semester in college. I was on a full ride in college just for keeping my grades up. The same boy that flunked in the third grade. But the guilt, the shame, I had to fight through all of that. And here my younger brother, he and I are in the same grade now. Sometimes, when some, sometimes we're in the same class. But God used that. But many people look at failures in your life, and you know what you do? You blame it on fate. Fate. As fate would have it, oh, you're just making an excuse. It wasn't fate. It was a choice you made. Huh? What is fate? Fate is the belief in some mysterious power, come on, that determine events. Why would you believe in fate? And some mysterious power that determine events when God has already predetermined. He's already predetermined your destiny. So it's not fate. It's a choice you made. 
Is that right? We make choices and we make excuses about those choices. I'm not going to talk about Adam and Eve, but they, they made some choices too. That was not fate. They made that choice. But destiny was after they fail. The voice of the Lord came walking in the cool of the garden. He came walking in the garden in the cool of the day and he cried out for Adam. Adam, where are you? Adam says, I hid myself because I was naked. And what did God do? God says, have you eaten of the tree I told you not to eat of? Adam had failed. And even though Adam blamed Eve and Eve blamed the serpent, that was not fate. They made a choice. But let me tell you what destiny was when God took the skins of animals and he offered a blood sacrifice and he covered their nakedness. Why? They were chosen for destiny. Revelation 13, 8 says, a lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. See, God had already decided that he would provide a plan of salvation, a plan of redemption for man. So it wasn't fate. It was a choice. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. God says, well, I know the thoughts. I know the thoughts that I have for you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. Some other translation of the Bible says, God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. To give you a future and a hope. So what's behind these plans? What's behind these plans to prosper us and not harm us? God says, I've chosen you for destiny. I've chosen you for destiny. Next week, I'll talk a little bit more about being born on the wings of eagle. Oh, my God. Some of you don't realize that sometimes you look back and wonder how you got over. That's because God bore you. He bore you on the wings of eagles, on those eagle wings. Huh? Huh? In closing, let me say this. I'm running out of time. You are chosen for destiny. Whatever that is, God's plan and purpose for your life. The church is chosen for destiny. In fact, the church is chosen for destiny to occupy that place of favor that the first generation of Israelites lost because of their disobedience and disbelief. Huh? Now, that first generation, they did not fulfill their destiny with the exception of Caleb and Joshua. They were lost. They died out in the wilderness. You don't want to be lost and die out in the wilderness of this world. You want to embrace the idea that God has a destiny for my life. And I'm trusting in him to order my steps, to light in my way, to show me his plan and purpose for my life. And now you as the church, individually and collectively, you occupy that place of favor. You occupy that place of favor that God desired for that first generation of Israelites. When he says, you're going to be a peculiar treasure to me among all people. You're going to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. 
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.